Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Today is April 20th, 2020, which means Cali Comfort Barbecue is celebrating 12 years in business today. Today is Congratulations. Thank you very much. I, um, I I cannot believe what a difference from 2008 opening in a recession in the undesirable location, um, what it has taught us in 12 years of learning digital hospitality. If you're new to this podcast, every week we talk about our thesis, which is digital hospitality. Every business, you need to be digital. You need to own your own content. You need to have your own website. You need to sell something on your website. You need to use that content that you create to use for social media. Um, and you also need to be in the hospitality business. No matter what you're selling online, there needs to be a hospitality component to that. Uh, since we've been in this coronavirus crisis, this virus has attacked the heart of hospitality. Um, what we do as restaurant owners, what we do as event people, um, every week we are fortunate that we have people in digital marketing, people that we look up to, people that we admire that are influencers, people that run their own companies, um, people that run magazines. And we just want to kind of get a pulse of what's happening. And what we've learned is that our thesis um, continues to be proven day after day, especially in the world that we live in. Um, Today's guest is Joshua Binning from Lucha Cantina in Rockford, Illinois. Um, We met actually virtually. This is the second virtual conversation that we've had um, outside of LinkedIn and Facebook, but another fellow restaurateur. uh, We were invited to be on a panel from Restaurant Solutions. Uh, Restaurant Solutions is our accounting firm out of Colorado. They service about 1,800 independent restaurant owners. Um, They help us set up systems so that we can do payroll, so that we can do inventory, so that we can do all of our financial reporting. They are an incredible company and they actually invited both you and I um, on for a discussion about third-party delivery. Ironically, here we are. (laughs) You and I, um, you reached out and you wanted to have some questions. You're thriving in this new environment. We are thriving in this new environment. Um, And that's in part because of what we're doing not just with our teams, but our ability to pivot. Um, you know, right before we started this call, we started talking. It We're literally running a brand new business. It's an extension of our old business, but we've adapted to this new model and we're seeing a lot of success. Um, that's why we wanted to share the success. We're going to have an open conversation. Uh, that's that's the thing that I, I love about doing this podcast is it allows us to connect. I mean, so many people that listen um, run not just restaurants, small businesses, brands, uh, people that work in media all over the world, and they've reached out and they know about our village and we know about theirs. And um, that's the cool thing about the internet. The internet doesn't discriminate. Um, If you're interested in something, there is content there for you. And today we are going to talk about content, documenting that content. And um, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. So uh, let me first start Tell me about what, actually, this is a great place to start. I, so I uh, was doing my, my research before the podcast this morning, and I went on your Facebook page, and I saw your most recent video with over 4,000 views with the five things that you need to know about takeout at Lucha Cantina. That was a two-minute video, powerful, open, honest. You thank the community. You talked about safety. You also addressed the honking in the, in the parking lot, 
which I'm guessing is an issue. Honking is bad. <laughs> um, but it's honest. It's open and honest. And you're using content. You're using Facebook to get the message out, not just that you're operating in safe establishment, but that you're proactively doing the things. What's going to give them the best experience? That's what's going to give them the best experience. I'm guessing from the outside, from my own experience, the reason why you're winning is that the restaurants that have somehow stayed open to do to go and delivery, they don't know what you know on how to use social media and nor have they implemented those third party systems ahead of time. Is that uh, fair, fair enough assessment? I, I wouldn't agree with that. You know, one of the we opened this restaurant pushing seven years ago now, which uh, congratulations on 12. That's amazing. And when Thanks. we opened pushing seven years ago, we opened up with online ordering because I thought, you know, what, we're going to be ahead of the curve. And seven years ago, we were way ahead of the curve then with online ordering. And now that's just become second nature to us. And when delivery through GrubHub and DoorDash came to our town almost two years ago now, we said, you know what, as much as this is maybe not the best way to make a dollar, we also see that there's a future in how the business is going to go this direction. And we're going to jump on this right now. So the things that are new to a lot of people are old hat to us. We've been doing these things for a really long time. We have the systems in place. We have the to-go packaging in place. I mean, we, we, we've come really accustomed to say in the past couple of weeks that making food to-go is more than putting food in a box. Um, yes. It depends on what kind of box that is. And how is that being packaged? How is it being held hot? There's lots of pieces there that a lot of places are trying to figure out right now. And some of them are doing an okay job at it and they're going to, they're going to get there. But luckily for us, we were able to hit the ground running. Uh, we were able to say, you know what, we've got, we, we know how to do a part of this business and we can, we can have some fun and figure out the rest of it. And we've made some great connections with the customer. We've been very clear with them since day one. Um, we do a ton of social media, as you mentioned, a ton of Facebook, a ton of Instagram. Um, and, and it's really worked out great for us. It has. Do you also have an email list? Yes. Our email list is about 5,500 strong. Awesome. Um, it's nice. We're doing a weekly email out to them. And in the past, that weekly email usually looked like, hey, here's some events we're going to be at that we're, we're going to be at this festival um, with our pop-ups, or we're going to be, um, here's this feature for the weekend, or maybe here's a coupon to come in and check us out, things like that. And now that um, that email list has really turned into a, hey, here's how we're doing. You know, here's what's going on in the community. And, and, and thank you so much for coming out. And, you know, it, it's almost like when you see sports teams, like we have the best fans. It's our chance to once a week be like, yeah, we've got the best fans out there. We've got the best people. And thank you so yeah. much for that. And we've been updating the guest on how, um, how our staff members are doing who are out of work, things like that. And really just been very just transparent and having a great conversation with them. And it's been amazing to get, literally, I'm sending out an email of 5,000 people and I get an email back from somebody that says, hey, you're so encouraging for our family. You know, right. thank thank you for being such a source of hope in our community during this. And that's just, man, th this is more than just serving tacos right now. Th this oh, is so this much. is a thing. I mean that that's a huge point. What uh, what email uh, service do you use? We're using a company called Go Go Guest. Um, Go Go Guest. Okay. Yeah, we, we met them at I want to say at a, one of the digital summits, I believe. Um, they're they're really focused on restaurants. What what they do is when a guest comes into our restaurants, back when we used to have guests coming into our restaurants, which seems yeah, like many 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 years ago, it, was like a it, month it ago. seems it like forever. a year ago, doesn't it? It was so it's been yeah. five weeks for us. It seems like so long ago. Um, but when a guest comes in and jumps on our Wi-Fi to get onto our Wi-Fi, they give us their email address. Simple as that. Yep. Then they get our Wi-Fi. We send them an email. They can they can opt out right then. Um, or they opt in and then they get their emails from us. So literally got a good 
20, 25% open rate on those too. So I guess they're looking for them to come out. That's great. Yeah. And what you said, just, you know, getting the response back from an email that you send out to 5,000 people. I mean, we've experienced the same thing where, you know, not only, I mean, they're thanking us, they're congratulating us for being in business for 12 years, but then I'm guessing you, just like I do, is we, you take the time to respond to them. And I mean, how many, how many places are able to do that? I mean, if you go to Cheesecake Factory, if you go to, you know, TGIF, they just, the infrastructure isn't there to be able to micro pivot on the hospitality side, which is that digital hospitality. I mean, when somebody messages us through Facebook, through Yelp, through Google Maps, you name it, there's a response. And the response is right now for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because I, I want to know where they all are coming from right now so that we can set up the proper systems so that people are getting the correct information. And, and I mean, especially Facebook Messenger for us has turned into a great way to fix problems. You know, yeah. in a restaurant, and, and I tell my cooks this right now, I go in the restaurant, if we, for instance, we miss a special request on a food item, it goes out to the table, we, we can instantaneously fix that. We say to the guests, we're sorry, we take their dish, remake it, bring it back out with no onions, whatever the case may be. That's not the case when somebody hops in their car and drives their food 25 minutes home. So we, mm-hmm. we need to be able to, hopefully we're, we're addressing that before it gets out the door, but then we're hearing through the, the customer feedback if there is an issue, a lot of times it is through Facebook Messenger, and giving that guest a quick reply to, oh my God, I'm so sorry this happened. Here's how we're going to make this right by you. That goes a long ways in building some brand loyalty from that guest right there because they know we're listening. They know we care. Um, we, we've, we've made some drastic improvements in this restaurant, honestly, in the past month that are going to help us long-term based on listening to our customers. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I think that's you know kind of the aha moment for us when this whole thing happened. So many people are on social media even more so than they oh were. Oh my before. God. Yes. You what know, else and do they people are, do? yeah, exactly. And, and people, they want to support restaurants and they want to support local restaurants. And, you know, one of the saddest things that I've seen is that, you know, there are a lot of mom and pop restaurants that we go to, you know, my wife and I, that we frequent and, you know, it's, they're not, they don't have a Facebook account. You know, they don't have online ordering. They don't, they're not on Twitter. They're not on Instagram. They can't go on to the, you know, local East Lake community food group and say, you know, to the 2000 people, Hey, you know, we're open. We could use your support, you know, please buy gift cards or, you know, we're, we're, these are the things that we're doing to make sure that our barbecue gets out to the community. They, they literally cannot do that. Um, which is tough. You know, it's really, it's really tough to see. Um, but that's also where the advantage is, you know, that's the competitive advantage for people that are starting to understand, well, we didn't do it before. So when we do open back up, like right now, what can we do digitally to start owning our own content, to start taking control of all the things that are happening around us? Because the world that we go back to, whenever that is, will not look the same. You know, and I yeah. think that's something that, that people need to start addressing sooner rather than later. No matter what's happening with someone's SBA, PPP loan, whether they got the money, whether they didn't get the money, how people want to get back to work, getting back to work, work will not look the same. I'll tell you, for our restaurant, it will not be the same. And that's for the few, that's forever. I mean, we, we've made a commitment that this is a much more profitable way to run our business. Does that mean that we want to not open up our sports bar, not host a fight night? No, but I don't know what that's going to look like. What I do know is right now for us to stay in business, we need to sell barbecue. We need to sell our fishbowl growlers to go. Uh, we need to take care of every advantage that we have um, and listen to our community and, and go and go where, go where the tide goes. 
And I think one of the biggest advantages that local restaurants like you and I have right now is that we can be flexible. You know, a, yeah. a lot of small restaurants are always worried about the big guys, the Buffalo Wild Wings, the Olive Gardens, the the Chili's or whatever. Those guys, I, I'd rather be in my shoes right now than their shoes because mm-hmm. I can I can pivot and I can pivot literally this afternoon if I need to, where their pivots take months um, to make mm-hmm. things happen. So we we certainly have as a, the smaller restaurants an advantage and when things open up here whether it i mean in theory we could be open here on may 1st but we know that's not going to happen in illinois so we're looking probably end of may or sometime in june it will be different you know we've already had conversations with our landlord you know we're we're in, we're in a shopping center here uh, but we have outside access and, and how do we how do we set up curbside you know how does right now it's really easy for us because there's no other tenants in the mall that are here right now yeah. <laughs> a giant lot to ourselves so we can really yeah. literally party out there every single night i mean we've got we've had djs out there some nights we've got lights up so it's it. like a dance club giant tents cones some people where to go so it's a good setup but how do we do this once when the businesses are back in in, in place how do we run curbside them because it's not going to go away for us um the restaurant's going to look different you know up until now we had tablecloths on our tables i mean they haven't the health department hasn't said it yet but i know that tablecloths are a thing of the past um yep. The, and the reason we had tablecloths is because our tables were awful. So now what are we doing? We're literally building new tables right now because we need to have a, a hard, sanitizable surface for a tabletop. So we're going to be changing out all of our tables. But I told the guy who's building them for us, listen, I have 33 tables in my dining room. He's like, oh, that's a quick turn in a month. I'm like, well, I don't need 33 because I guarantee 33 yeah. tables aren't that's, going back yet. You know, that's correct. so we need things are just going to be different. We've here, you know, listening to the guests outside. We heard people saying when we call in, we can't get through. So we put in a whole new phone system. Now as callers call in, like they're, they get an answer that says, Hey, you're number seven in line. We'll be with you in just a minute. Um, and we've got a queue going. So we're truly trying to up our operations and kind of pivot to this new reality. We don't even know if the end reality looks like yet, but um, yeah. much like six years ago, we wanted to be ready for now. Now we want to be ready for the next thing. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's great advice. And so much of uncertainty drives people crazy. I mean, it drives me crazy. That's why I don't think about things that I can't control. What I can control is today. Um, what we are doing today, what is successful. And, you know, one of the things that we, we look at is all this different technology. We've always been on the forefront of adopting new restaurant technology, you know, whether it's no weight seating, which, you know, was bought by Yelp and is now, you know, Yelp waitlist. We're working with them and their people to try to make that something that we can use for curbside. You know, just this morning, I got an email from them saying, hey, we're rolling out, you know, Yelp, no wait. Obviously, there's no customers inside, so we don't need to seat, you know, notify you when your table's ready. But maybe we can use this technology to notify the guest when their food is ready um, in the parking lot, which is something that, yes, it's very valuable for us. But figuring out how that technology talks to each other is really the key to everything. You know, it's the POS systems, which we're in Aloha POS system. You know, if we opened up our next location, will it be Aloha? Probably not. Um, but how are we going to order from our phone? How are people going to order from our phone? How's it going to print in the kitchen? Because one thing that I do know is us the same. We have a phone system. We let people, you know, call in. We encourage them to order online because it's much quicker. They'll skip the line. They won't have to wait on hold. Um, but some people want to talk, you know, they want to ask why we have a limited menu. They want to, you know, they, they want, they want those answers and they want to know how do they order something that they haven't done. Our job is to figure out how to make that the most efficient, but hospitable experience possible. Right. 
personalized in a way that allows them to understand that we care about the details. I mean, I, I was on Friday in the parking lot, um, pretty much like I was when we opened the restaurant and we started doing fight night and, you know, we have multiple parking lots and I'm, I'm doing parking support, you know, directing guests where to go, understanding how am I going to train the parking support when I'm not standing here, but I was there and, you know, our system, we have, we added Grubhub, we have DoorDash, we have online ordering, you know, people, they get in their cars, they want their food right away and trying to understand this is the queue for, you know, you have to pay. Some people want to pay when they get here. Some people have paid before. And this woman was yelling at me. She was just like, why don't you just fix the website? You know, why don't you just do that? And I was like, you know, ma'am, I, you know, I, I appreciate the information and we, we will fix the website. But trust me, we're not in the business to make you unhappy. Like right. we haven't been in business for 12 years to make anyone unhappy. And you're not the first person that's been yelling at me in this parking lot, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's getting that tough skin that's allowed us to develop understanding that yes, unfortunately we're going to make some people upset right now, but we're going to try our best to apologize, let them know, explain, right. you know, whether in person or whether digitally, um, but also know that it's only going to make us better. You know, it's only going to make us better because we, that's the only way we know how to do things uh -huh. is to make it better. Um, how do we make that experience better? Why has the mayor reached out to you to help with advice for rolling out the, uh, the, the rollback into full service dining? Um, because we reached out to them right away, you know, um, it, 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 we're not a huge town, you know, Rockford's only 125,000 people and the towns around us were up to probably 225,000 like that. So we all kind of, do know, each other, I've been in the business here for a long time, but before this, I was in the corporate side of it as well. But we, we've, the, the things that happen now, I, I just don't see any of it, a lot of it happening because of things that are happening right now. It's because of relationships that are put together in the past. It was because we've been a good community partner for our restaurants. And that's been part of our business plan is to be a good community partner since the day we opened. So whether it's doing food at a, at the, the elementary school, three blocks away is fun fair, or it's being at a, a city festival or stuff like that. We've been visible for six and a half years now, you know, we've been out there. So when it comes time to, Hey, who's a restaurant that we can um, have a conversation with, well, you know, we're right there in the front of it. And, and so are several of my peers. Um, I think people just know that I'm going to answer the phone right away. I'm going to reply to that message right away because I'm, because the digital is important to me. So I'm right there. So I might get the first call. Um, but yeah, when, when the mayor came to us and asked, and asked us for input on, on what the next steps look like, it was great for me to sit down with five other restaurant owners in Rockford um, via zoom and say, Hey, here's what we think this is going to look like. Here's what, here's how we'd like it to look. Um, and, and to be able to put that input in, and be able to have that voice, you know, that's this kind of stuff that you can't put a price on. And we've worked a long time hard to be able to have that voice now. And, and it's really nice to have it. It is. What, uh, what were your suggestions? You personally, you know, I, I, I think that, um, we're not sure, you know, you hear people talk a lot about half capacity, but you also, which, which is an easy, easy thing to say, Hey, half capacity is great. Well, you know, my restaurant seats, 225 people. So half capacity for me is still a good size number. Half capacity for me is bigger than some of my friends' restaurants. I have some mm -hmm. friends have restaurants that seat 25 people. And there's, there's families in this town that couldn't go out and eat that restaurant if it was half capacity. So that, that it's not a one size fits all. What one of our suggestions was is that what if we went back, um, the, the government seems to be big on contract or contact tracking right now, knowing who is where. What if we open mm -hmm. back up reservation only? So to come into our restaurant, you essentially have to have a reservation of your four people and tell us who your four people are. 
So if somebody were to say, hey, I, I've, I've contracted this virus now, I went to Lucha Cantina, we can give the government a list of here's exactly who was in the restaurant at that time when they were here. Um, being able to have that information versus, yeah, there was 100 people here. We have no idea who they were. So so that was kind of a one of the things we talked about. And, and the other ones are, are similar, you know. Um, maybe there's no more, instead of having paper menus on the table, now there's an option for a single-use paper menu, but we push guests towards u- doing a digital menu on their phone. So there's a table tent that has a QR code where they scan and there's their menu for that shift, whether it be the lunch menu, the dinner menu, the drink menu, whatnot. Um, so there's less contact. Um, one of my questions is what's going to happen with silverware. I'm not quite sure. Even though we're doing our job in the kitchen with our ridiculously large dish machines and chemicals to sanitize, is the guest going to see that as a safe item? Um, so we're not quite sure how that's going to play out, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I see and hear a lot um, in media and in conversations is exactly that is half capacity and half capacity. The economics just don't make sense for a restaurant or a bar at half capacity. I mean, the example that I give is we have 12 stools at our bar top, our main bar top, and we have a bartender that takes care of, you know, on a on a weekday shift, they'll take care of 12 bar stools plus whatever tables in the upper bar you're going to have that same bartender take three stools because they need to be six feet apart. That's Mm -hmm. just awkward. I mean, it's just an awkward thing. And then if a husband and a wife come to dine, then they're going to be both together right at the bar. But then what if they're friends? I mean, then all of a sudden we're in the business of policing and we already do enough. I mean, we go above and beyond as a restaurant that's a sports bar that does fight night that, you know, on fight nights, unfortunately, it's 21 and up. So we're IDing people. We're making sure I mean, we do so much of that already. But mm-hmm. how can you tell a family it's a family of four, you know, that has a reservation and then they see their friends that are in the dining room and they want to join up with them? You know? Right. Yeah, it, I also think that the 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 visual of a server coming to your table wearing gloves and a face mask is a really strange thing. In my yeah. opinion, that, that makes me not want to eat there. And frankly, I'm not sure I'd be going. I mean, I'm a restaurant guy. This is what I do. I'm not sure I want to go out to eat with some server who looks like they're ready to do surgery on me. I mean, that just seems yeah. just like a strange situation. And if it's, you know, one of our questions was like when, when the no smoking stuff went nationwide years back, the goal was to make it safe for the employee, not necessarily safe for the guests. That's why no smoking went into place. It was an OSHA thing that we're putting our employees at risk. So, are my employees at risk when the customer is sitting there? I mean, they can't wear a face mask when they eat. You know, I mean, how how far do we go on this? And at mm-hmm. what point do the do things come back? You know, literally right before this call, I was talking with a friend of mine who owns an Italian restaurant in town, um, and he goes, you know, he goes, just something inside of me says we're not taking customers again until July. You know, and it's, and it's just crazy to think that we might go three or four months of not having people in, and then when we do open back up, how many people are going to want to come back in? I, th- I think that's what really the what for me makes my pivot to really being able to crush curbside more important because I think that this, as much as it's hard work, and according to my Apple Watch, I'm doing a half marathon every single day out there in the parking lot. <laughs> it's crazy when you have a, a restaurant as big as we do, and then all of a sudden we're running to the parking lot to every window and then back, right. and then our bar is all over the place because we're making growlers. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, but, it's, a, it's a workout. Right now, it, it makes sense. I mean, it literally, it makes more sense than anything else, you know, and and as much as we want to talk about what is it going to look like when people come back, I mean, it's just something that it, it just can't be my focus right now. It can't, it can't be my focus because if, if it becomes my focus, it's too many hypotheticals. 
right now, what I do know is people are happy that they can come and pick up food, that they can order it online. They can add alcohol. Can you, are you guys allowed to sell alcohol to go? We are allowed to sell drink kits. So for instance, our number one selling margarita is our natural margarita. So I can sell the bottle of tequila. I can sell the bottle of triple sec and we're allowed to sell non-alcoholic beverages. So I can sell the mix, but it has to be un- unbroken steel liquor bottle, unbroken steel liquor bottle. And then we're sealing up our, our mix to sell it out. So we're selling 10 drink kits for around between, between the drink it's between 50 and $70. Okay. Are you guys, has that been successful? It's been ridiculously successful. I'm spending more money on liquor now because I'm I'm selling it at a lower price point. Obviously I'm not making Mm -hmm. as much money on it, but my liquor rep has to be loving me because we're flying through some Herodura tequila right now. Isn't that amazing? It is. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. The amount of, I mean, because you're building a kit, it's a, you know, they can have a virtual happy hour, but you're giving, it's the reason why people go to bars in the first place, right? right? It, it's that sense of community. Even though you can't have that community, they can have that flavor. They can have that familiar taste. They can, right. you know, share it with you on social, which is something that has never been more popular to do. I mean, people yeah. are loving for us taking pictures of these growlers and then putting them online. Those and, fish bowls are but, awesome. I got to say they're fantastic. <laughs> but you know what you're yeah. doing? You're, you're doing the similar thing that we are is you're serving drinks that were popular in your restaurant. And not just saying, hey, you can buy a bottle of Tito's from us. Because people can buy a bottle of Tito's from the grocery yeah. store, the liquor store down the street. You're selling an experience. You're selling the feeling that they're there again. And there's more, you know, there's more to, host- there's more to food than, than, than being in a box. And there's more to dinner than sitting around a table. There's connection that happens around those drinks. And there's this yeah. feelings of, of, you know, we've been trying to say that we're trying to give people a little bit of normal again. You know, there's so much that they don't know about that is absolutely up in the air. But you know what they know? They know that they love our Wahoo fish tacos. They love our natural margarita. They can sit home around the table or on the patio right now because it's finally warming up here and just have a nice meal. That's the, that's something that people are they're happy to, to purchase from us every single day of the week. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point and something that I, I... One of the things that I've seen is, you know, a lot of the restaurants going to provide basic services, you know, grocery type. Is that something you consider? Or what, what are your views on that? Um, you know, I think my grocery stores in this town are doing a really good job of covering that. Um, for me, I- I've been really trying to stay true to our mission statement, which is to take the stress out of choosing where to eat by providing you and your family great food, great drinks, and great experiences that you can feel good about. We're trying to do that just in a different way. So we're still tr- trying to take the stress out of choosing where to eat by getting a better phone system in place, by making sure that our parking lot is set up so you can pick up and, or- and, and, and get out of here easily, by having online ordering systems in place so you can order really easy. We're still trying to do the exact same thing, just, just executing it a little bit different of a way. Um, my business plan is not being a grocery store or trying to be a pantry for somebody. Um, I know there's places that do it. They're having success with it. I, I have no problem with them doing it. Um, good for them. Um, that's just, I don't, I, I don't think that's a pivot that we're going to take. Yeah, I think that's great advice um, for anybody that's considering it. And I, I view it more as kind of an apocalypse business where mm-hmm. you're addressing a need for now. That's not a sustainable business for the future, which is the real problem is, you know, I mean, people are already there's toilet paper available. I mean, for us, there's an incredible local groceries I mean, Valley Farm Market, who we did the, the podcast with. They've opened up their second location, a great time to open up a business, but they're providing a great service. Why do I need to sell you know, toilet paper when I can right. focus on selling a craft cocktail 
you know, a different craft cocktail to make, you know, or figuring out a way to, you know, sell our craft beer more. We've been selling so many craft cocktails. I, I can't even focus on selling the beer. that we have. <laughs> But, you know, you have to lean into your strengths and do the things um, that you're good at and the things that people know you for, you know, that's, and we're, we're opened up to a whole new pool of people, which is crazy because we've been in business for 12 years. We're known all over the County. We do stuff with radio. We do stuff with TV. We do stuff, you know, on print, we do podcasts, we do YouTube. We still have people that don't know who we are when we mm-hmm. add Uber Eats. You know, that's going to be a new pool of people that we're going to be exposed to us. And it's our job to do the absolute best we can. Um, we've done, an, Eric, my general manager, has done an incredible job reducing our menu options um, to help streamline getting tickets out. Is there anything like that that you guys are doing or um, are you expanding options? You know, we haven't really reduced our menu all that much. Um, our, our menu's is pretty streamlined in that while it has some good size, it's using a limited number of products, lots of ways. So we're not, it's like we, not like we carry a ton of proteins. You only have five proteins online, but we're using them in many different things. And there's just different combinations of things. It's kind of like a, a plug and play sort of menu in our kitchen. What we have been doing is we've had some great success with bringing back some menu items that have gone away over the years. Um, so like this I weekend, was returning back. we brought our Mac and cheese back and it was absolutely insane. Um, the amount of people mm-hmm. who are ordering mac and cheese from us who haven't had it in a long time. Um, or bringing, we have a, a, a reannual that used to be in the menu a long time ago. We brought that back as a feature. And we've rolled out some new items. You know, we've, we've always, I, I before Lucha, I was in the pizza business. So I've kind of always liked the idea of, of making pizzas with Mexican toppings. So we, we brought pizzas back a couple of times and did some flatbreads right. that were really fun. Um, we, just, we still do features every single weekend. So we're bringing out feature tacos and feature menu items that are only available that weekend. And then, we, then, they, then they slide away after that. And then if a thing gets a good response, maybe it makes the menu at some point in the future. And that's things that we've always done. We've always had customers who come in every weekend and just say, hey, what, what's on special this weekend? They look at the special sheet. Yeah, I'll take that. So we still want to be there for that person. So we're still yeah. running fun features. You know, Last weekend, we had... Um, we were featuring our, I can't remember what the tacos were, um, Tacos El Pastor. This weekend, we have a Jamaican jerk taco. Neither of those things are on the menu usually, but they'll have them for a couple of days, and then they go away again. So we've, we've tried to stay very consistent to what people are comfortable with and what they're used to us doing. I just try to amp it up a little bit. And what kind of work are you doing? Because actually, I was thinking about this over the weekend, but how are you op- getting customers that are ordering online? Because you're using Chow Now, right? Correct. So they order online, Chow now collects the email address. How are you getting them into your email platform? We have not really tackled that yet. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe I can export it, um, but then I, had, I didn't be sending a separate email out for them to opt in because they haven't really given me the yeah. rights to their emails. Um, and that is just, that is literally one of those things that's on my list to get done um, because we're getting, the majority of our orders right now are coming in through Chow now. It's been a great platform for us. Um, Chow now for del- that's delivery and pickup. No, we're just using it for pickup. Um, okay, we've pick found up. that that our our curbside experience is um is our driver right now. Now, granted, we have um, DoorDash and Grubhub, but honestly, on Saturday night we turned them both off um, yep. because it's easier to manage our customers who are paying full price to us you know the customers are yes. paying full price in those platforms too but i'm not getting paid full price so i want to make sure i'm giving my customers that are here a better experience and, and we've had when the person who goes to my daughter's school when their parents pull up and i say you know your food's going to be about 15 more minutes can you pull into that spot right over there they say i am so happy for you this is awesome this is great there's a line out here take your time when that grubhub driver pulls up and i get it this guy's out there 
working to do as much driving as he possibly can to get his money. And I say, give me 15 more minutes. He is not happy with me. Um, and, and that was just a level of stress that we just said, you know what, we can live without this for a day. Um, because we've kind of figured out where our, um, in the hours that we're up and what our maximum sales numbers are and what we can comfortably do without really falling apart. Um, and we, I think we, we can do that on our weekends without them. Now on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're bringing them back in. Absolutely. We don't want to exclude all those customers all the time. That's a good base for us. And, and they're very useful, but it's not useful for us all the time. That is great, great advice. And I think one of the things people, they, they can't overlook is the fact that you're in the parking lot. I mean, you're in the parking lot because not only does it give a sense of familiarity, but it also gives you the perspective that you need to understand how to say, yes, absolutely. Like, okay, my, you know, my manager said that the DoorDash driver and the Grubhub driver aren't being very friendly and they're coming and they're being impatient. I mean, they had told me that until I was in the window making drinks and then saw, you know, the couple drivers and like, what is the deal? Like, you know, like relax, <laughs> we will get the food out. Like you right. standing there getting upset, isn't going to get the food out of the kitchen. It does not speed things up. Yeah. It doesn't speed things up. And you know, to, you know, to be fair to all the drivers out there, the amount of accounts that all these new uh, delivery platforms are adding, there's no way they're giving adequate training to what they're supposed no to do. It's literally all, it's all about efficiency. So no, there's no, no I, I empathize with human. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, they're, they're not making, they're not making a lot of money to do that. And, you know, frankly, the technology isn't even somebody orders from DoorDash to our restaurant and it gets in queue with all the other digital orders, but they send the driver right away. That's, right. What good does that do? Right. The food isn't ready. You know, those are all the things, the kinks that have to get worked out and they will get worked out. You know, the platforms that you choose to use, that I choose to use, that other restaurants choose to use, they're going to be the ones that they, they're, it's a real partnership, not a perceived marketing partnership that, you know, oh, we're, we're here to save restaurants. Well, no, you're not. You're charging 25 to 30%. And that's right. just, in, right. in any line of work, that's not, that's not hospitable. And that's right. not a partnership. Yeah. I, I know it's cute for them to say that, but it's really not true. <laughs> Correct. Let's, let's be honest here. It's really not true. Um, tell me what, what are your goals with trying to document what you're doing? You know, so I started like creating in just in my notes in my phone, um, just when I was driving home from work every night. I just live a couple of minutes from here, but trying to just kind of put a few thoughts in there. Hey, today was a really good day or today was really rough or for whatever reason, we ran this on special that went good. Just some kind of highlights of the day to kind of just keep a track. So I want to be able to look back on this and be like, man, we know what happened. You know, this, this, I can look at my Facebook posts and think of specials and stuff, but what was going on each day? You know, what day did that lady really get mad at me about the phones? And you know what? As much as I was mad at her at the time, because I don't have time to be talking about how you couldn't get through the phones right now. I don't even know who this lady was, but that lady the next day got me thinking, you know, and the next three days after that, I got the whole phone system. So that never happens to her again or to any other guest. So I want to be able to, to think of that stuff in my mind. So this past weekend, I have a, a friend who used to be in the bar business and now is in the marketing, digital marketing business. Um, and I called him and I'm like, you know what? I just need you to come in and document this place, you know? So he came in and kind of in our inside the restaurant where we're kind of putting orders together, moving things in and out. He put some 360 cameras in there, put some nice. cameras up on the line for the cooks, um, had his drone flying overhead for the line of cars, things like that. Nice. And time lapse was going on just so we can be able to, to put together something that says, Hey, this is what happened. I mean, these are, this is ne never again. Will I say I opened up in literally 24 hours notice a curbside restaurant 
that's doing some major numbers. You know, I, yeah. I can never say that again because I'm hopefully never get to do it again. Um, yeah, maybe I will want to do it again. Who knows? <laughs> but it, it, maybe, it's a, but may, maybe it will be something that you open up another location that looks different. Right. It won't yeah. be the same model. It'll have whatever hospitality component that we have come to love. I mean, we're full service restaurant people. If, right. if we're honest what about we that, that's what we do. We, I, I see somebody, I hug them. Like I, if you're at a tailgate, if you're at a festival, if you're at, you know, sporting event, if you're in our restaurant, like you've become family and that's who we are. And we open ourselves up to that. But does that mean that's what it's going to look like this year, next year, the year after that? Like, we don't know. So you doing what you're doing and going all in is the smartest thing that you can do because you're creating the playbook, right? Um, what, uh, as far as the documenting, how, what, as far, I mean, you know, that creating content is something that I, I, I obviously approve of highly and as, right. as much as you can, and as much as you can share, what, uh, what are your plans as far as, um, how to release it? You know, I want to, I want to put something together. Maybe we're talking three or four minute video sort of situation that kind of takes what we're doing and, and, and kind of relates what we've done in the past with, with our mission here at the restaurant and how we've adapted that to the future um, or, or to at least our current situation. I don't want to say, Hey, we've won because the game's not over, you know, it kind of the, um, yeah. who, who knows where this goes. I mean, frankly, my restaurant's doing very well right now in this new environment, considering this new environment. I mean, that's great. We might not be in a month. Um, who knows? Who knows what rules change or how the customer change or where unemployment goes or a recession or whatnot. But at least I want to be able to tell the story of right now. And at some point in the future, I think this is an interesting story to tell. And I don't want to have missed the opportunity to to grab those moments, um, to, to be able to put them together. So what does the end product look like? I don't know. We'll probably put something out in the next week or so that, if anything, looks visually really cool um, for our guests to see on social and kind of tells our story a little bit. Um, but how those, all, all these pieces weave together. I'm not sure what that en ends up looking like in six months. I don't know. Sure. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the most powerful thing is that you're willing to document it. And while some people think, well, why would anyone care about my restaurant or why would anyone care what I'm doing? It's more, what we've found is once we started to share things about what we were doing, you realize that the themes they relate no matter where you are and actually no matter what business you're in. And that couldn't be more important than today. You know, if you're, if you have a retail store, if you sell, you know, if you have a barbershop, if you have a, a car auto dealership, if you're not thinking about how to digitally get to new customers, existing customers, take care of your people, give them a newsletter that actually means something that somebody actually would want to reply to and not put into spam. Um, those are, those things are important, you know, and are you, are you a basketball fan? Um, I am not a huge basketball fan. I like college basketball more than I like the pros, but okay. I guess it doesn't well, matter we, too much uh, at all anymore. Well, so, so last night they premiered, um, Michael Jordan, the last dance. Yeah. This is, this well, is the reason I, my Facebook feed this morning was every single person thanking ESPN <laughs> for putting together Michael Jordan and all kinds of negative comments towards LeBron. Like LeBron should watch sure. this over and over and over again. Well, I mean, obviously, when you take somebody as compelling as the Bulls or Michael Jordan, that's obviously an incredible story. But what is more incredible to me is that they got this access, this camera access for that season, and they documented all of this and they sat on it sat on it for over 20 years 20 years 
And it took a partnership between ESPN and Netflix and Mandalay Entertainment to produce something that's just probably, you know, right now it's the greatest gift to sports fans because we don't have any sports. Right. Um, so obviously we're not going to be documenting Michael Jordan, but we're, you're documenting something for your business, for your community, for Rockford, Illinois, for COVID-19, for your kids, for their kids. And, you know, your stories can have an, they've already had an impact on me. Just what you said to me today, I'm going to share with my general manager, you know, we're going to talk about because every single day, like you said, we're winning today. We're winning the last four months because we've figured this out on a labor cost standpoint, meaning Mm -hmm. we've never run a better labor. We've never had less comps. You know, we don't have any server errors anymore. We don't have happy hour pricing. It's our best food cost we've ever run. Um, It's our highest, highest guest check average we've ever had. Because we will, we will never see these guest check averages again. No, <laughs> these I mean, are absolutely crazy. But part of the things that for me is I want to figure out how do we continue to sell alcohol to go in the new model moving forward? Mm-hmm. What do I have to do to reach out to our mayor, to reach out to our right. local politicians, to reach out to our state politicians to say, listen, we're actually, it's actually more safe for people to consume at home the alcohol than it is for us to serve this fishbowl in our bar and have them drive away. So why would you take back something that you've given to us and we've proven that it is safe, that we are, we care about making sure that everyone's 21 and over that are ordering it, you know, whatever, whatever we have to do to maintain, Hey, we've been able to do this in a safe way. We are a case study. Don't take this away from restaurants ability to sell this in the future. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and there's so many things to look at that. I mean, just look at, the number of, I mean, auto insurance companies are refunding money right now because nobody's getting into accidents. You know, I yeah. mean, just little things like that. Like, yeah, like this is a, this might be a better way to do business for us. Now, now we want to adapt back to some of the old ways and some things, but this, this is, this is here. It's a thing. And what are you, so right now, do you, did you lay off all servers and bartenders? <laughs> we we had about 30 employees on staff and the very first day um, when we knew that it was coming, we laid off 20 of our people. Um, and the goal was being to get them onto unemployment as fast as humanly possible. Um, yeah. and, and the unemployment system in Illinois has not been a perfect system. I don't know if any states have ever expected to get more unemployment applications in one month than they got in the previous two years. I get that. Um, but Illinois has been and slow in adapting to that. But I think as of this week, I will have all but like two of my people have made it through the system, which is good. Um, and as a restaurant, we've just said to the people who have had a hard time getting there, you know, you don't have to worry about your rent or your groceries or things like that. Just just call me and we'll, we'll take care of that stuff. And we'll happily do that. That's part of just being hospitable to our own people. I've always said that my first customer is my employee. Um, my employees come first to me, so I will always take care of them. And then my employees then will take care of a great job of my guests. So even the people who aren't employed by me right now, um, they're, they're still my first people and I'm going to do everything I can for them. But yeah, we, get, we, we, we have 10 people on full time right now. Um, we've got some people who are coming in and, and working a shift here and there and to help us out through the really busy times. But we, we've found a way to make this work um, with the, the very limited staff that we have. I, at some point, we'll need to bring some more people back on when it comes some sort of people coming into the restaurant. Cause right now there's no servers here. Um, I do have some bartenders in house. Um, but my main bartender is outside curbside with me. The other ones are on the phone. So we'll have to find ways to get them back behind the bar pouring drinks for customers that are here. So there will be some adapting back of course. So did you have any hosts? Do you have any hosts or no? The hosts were laid off. Hosts are laid off. I, I have one yep. host who's on now as a phone person. Okay. 
Um, yeah. Do you guys have a tip credit in Illinois? We do have a tip credit in Illinois. What is what is it? Four ninety five. Our service big. Our, our servers usually make four ninety five. Right now, I've got nobody. I, I, right now, the people that are here are making. I, I'm paying a, a pretty high wage to compensate them not being in unemployment because the unemployment rate's really high right now. I mean, you get your unemployment plus you're getting your six hundred on top of that. So I have to compete with the government to keep my employee in the house. Yeah, I know. I think those are some really challenging things. And the tip, the tip credit, something that I just don't think is talked about enough for people that are talking about minimum wage and state, I mean, California minimum wage and how much we have to pay and we don't have a tip credit. Um, you know, now we're able to legally tip out our back of the house because they are part of the service, um, as well as our hosts who are here and we're tip pooling and, you know, our guys in the back and our prep cooks they're making more money than they've ever made, which is really what increasing the minimum wage should have done. But because we have to pay our servers more and our bartenders more without a tip credit, the guys in the back of the house, the girls in the back of the house, the women, all those hard workers, the heart of the house, they're the ones that have gotten punished the most by rolling out all this increases in minimum wage, which is definitely something that, you know, how we tip in this country and how, we pay in this country is just something that every state has a different issue. You know, right. how do you, how do you address that? And how do you address that in hospitality? Because I mean, our, the economics of running a restaurant, we all know are razor thin, you know, mm -hmm. six pennies to the dollar is great. You know, um, how do you, how do you combat that? And I, I don't know what your, th what your thoughts are, if there's any, anything that's going to change as far as the model, the labor model moving forward for you. Well, we haven't, Illinois hasn't gone as far down the road as California has yet. So we, we're going to see a, a wage increase on July 1st, and then again on the first of the year, and then a dollar every year after that. So over the next five years, we're going to catch up to where you are. Um, it's going to take us a little bit longer to get there. I, I see, um, and it's interesting that in some ways, I think what we're going through right now with a lot of online ordering is going to translate well for us. And then I can see a lot more, as much as I don't like customers necessarily placing their orders, like they had those Z-ask things at, at, at the Brinker restaurants. Right? I'm not a huge fan of that, but I see some hybrid of that where the guest at least has that order somewhat ready because the, the menu is now on their phone instead of it's on paper. So I might have one server taking 12 tables possibly because that server's job is just to take orders because they're, because they're in contact with the customer. They're not going to be touching any food. And then I have food runners instead that do all that. So there might be different job roles and, and, and wage rates where all of a sudden my server becomes more of a salesperson where if you're mm -hmm. going to be the person who gets to take orders, you need to be trained in salesmanship really good. It's not just taking an order anymore. Um, mm -hmm. It's being able to really talk about our food, know our menu inside and out. And they need to be the most knowledgeable people in the restaurant. And then, then they should be, compensated for that where the first job into the restaurant where i know a lot of fine dining places have like just food runners that's your way in that might become more of a thing for casual dining too where that's that's your way to kind of start out at the lower wage and work your way up so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out i'm not exactly sure how it's going to go just because we actually people like me get to see what happens with you guys first um in, in the states that are a little more progressive and see how it works for you and then we just get to adapt those things so luckily for me i don't have to be the trendsetter on that one what what kind of advice would you give to any any owner that's looking to start to get involved on creating social media content? Just create something. I mean, just something. Um, putting something out there is better than putting nothing out there. And your first post or your first podcast or your first video or whatever, it's not going to be great. And then the next one's going to be a little bit better. 
but you have to, you know, what, what is, what do they say that, um, um, perfect is the enemy of done. Just get something done, get something out there. And if you keep putting, putting more content out there, it's just, it's inherently just going to get better. Cause it just becomes the more you do something, the more, the better you get at it. So just, just put stuff out there. Um, we've also found that obviously pictures of people do significantly better than pictures of food. And if you can work a dog into the picture, it does even better. So <laughs> find a way to make those things happen. Tell me about, and, and about video. Why have you started using video? Um, I know before the coronavirus, you were doing a video series. Um, tell us a little bit about that. You know, I found that video is a good way to um, connect. You know, in the hospitality business, our, our goal is really connection. You know, um, um, Times Square, um, hospitality group out of New York, um, his name is escaping me right now. Now, one of the things they talk about is um, connect, collecting the dots so you can connect the dots. You know, our, our job is to, I, I want to really connect with my guests as much as I can. So I, I do things by collecting the dots is getting their email, working through my open table to get information through Chow Now, through my um, um, GoGo guest portal in the restaurant to be able to connect to that customer and really let them know what we're about. So we put out a, a series called We Believe. And there were just the things that, you know, we just think that, the customer has, a, in some ways, a bill of rights, too. And here's the things that we believe customers should have. We believe customers should have um, fresh food on their plate. We believe that a customer shouldn't be paying for items that they don't like. So if you don't like something, just say it. It's okay. You know, we don't expect that you're going to like every single thing in this restaurant. I've never gone to a restaurant, and I bet if I came to it wherever and ate everything in the menu, there's going to be things that I don't like. It's just by default. It's okay. So if you, there's things on my own menu that I don't care for that much, but sell really well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. so if, if, if somebody doesn't like it, that's okay. Just say it, we'll get you something new. We're not going to charge you for that. Um, we think that we believe that kids deserve more than just chicken tenders. So we have a student menu with 15 items on it. So, I mean, when I was a kid, kids menus had three items. Now my, my daughter's 14 now, but when she was six, she would eat sushi every meal if you would let her. I mean, kids are creative eaters. I didn't have sushi until I think I was 35. Um, so it, it, it's, it's really being there for our guests and really communicating that we're there with you through this experience. And we want you to truly have a great time to connect with your family over, over a meal in our restaurant. Um, but when we serve tacos and we serve margaritas, we could easily serve barbecue or we could be serving burgers. We could be doing pasta. It doesn't matter what the food is. What we're doing is creating hospitality and that's being hospitable to you. So you can come in and connect with your families um, and, and really enjoy your time together. You know, Everything's digital right now. People are on their phones. They're texting. A meal is a time when you sit down with somebody. You know, you're across mm -hmm. the table. You're you're sharing an experience. So so we really have tried to use video to convey that experience to our guests. We think that can do that better than a, a still picture. And we've yeah, had success think, with that too. Yeah, one of the things you 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 said in one of your posts was that you wanted to break up the Instagram experience you wanted to disrupt the experience because you want to stop the scroll all, yeah you want to stop the scroll and i think that's a great way to put it because everybody that is considering getting on social media and posting on social media people will tell them well you need to be on instagram obviously you have to be on facebook um, i believe that you have to be on tw on twitter uh, many people many restaurant owners aren't on twitter i know it's a different platform but we found a lot of success on Twitter, um, especially with creating media and media relationships. Um, so local sports radio, um, local media, when we would go to a news station to promote a barbecue event, um, it's a great way to connect with the guests. But the Instagram experience, just because it's the most popular platform now, there's a lot of crowded content. 
So how do you stand out? How do you stand out from that crowded content? And I think a lot of that has to do with authenticity, you know, and what you said is video, it allows you to share who you guys are, you know, what your beliefs are and what your beliefs are for the customer. And I think that goes back to showing and not telling, even though you're telling, you're giving a video where you're talking, you're giving context to who you are as an owner, who you are as a community leader, why these things are important, why you're pivoting to do what you're doing, how to stay safe while you're pivoting. And, you know, it's powerful. It's powerful and it's obviously powerful because people are engaging with it. Um, Being top of mind, I think a lot of people worry that they're going to become annoying. Um, you know, oh, well, if I I posted yesterday, I shouldn't post again today, or I already posted today, I shouldn't post something else. The fear of what other people are going to think shouldn't stop someone from putting out content that's important and relevant. And I think once you get over that fear, you have to understand people have opted on, opted in and they can opt out. So they like your page, they can unlike your page, they can share, not like it, do whatever they want. But if you feel like you want to put it out there, you should put it out there. And that gives us as independent restaurant owners the power over not having to go through an agency, not having to go through corporate, not having to go through, you know, this incredible structure that's prevented local, like local franchises. If I go to a local PF Chang's, they're doing takeout. I bet you they wish that they had a local hyper local marketing in their store that their general manager could control or somebody in their, in their restaurant to tell, Hey, this local area in San Diego, come and support us too. Even though we're a corporate restaurant, we still have great people that work here and we serve great Mm -hmm. food and you've enjoyed our meals here. Like that's pretty powerful right now. And I think everybody's starting to understand, Oh shit. Why don't we have that? (laughs) Oh shit. You know, yes, it's great to have one centralized voice. You know, I had Nicole Duncan, who's um, the editor for FSR magazine. And I just we were talking, that was great. Thank you. We, she was phenomenal. And, you know, it, it, it's this world that we live in. You can reach out, you know, as as an owner, as somebody that's in the industry, whether you're a general manager, whether you if you want to be better, if you want to develop a relationship, send someone an email, send them a tweet, you know, direct message them on Instagram. You'd be surprised at how many people are willing to share their knowledge with you. And especially when you're talking about thought leaders and people that are producing content at scale with the best people in the industry Uh saying, these things are working, these things aren't. All of a sudden, Nicole's telling me, you know, just, just in her own experience, she gets an email from a local restaurant and it was like, oh, I should go eat there. Right. But it was that email, it was that top of mind where they, had they not sent that out, she wouldn't have gone there to go and support them, nor would she have talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, I think email is so underrated. You know, it just, people are allowing you directly into their email box. And, and people can say email's old or email's dead. People still check their email every single day. People get up in the morning and look at their email. And even if, even if they don't open it today, they still saw your name. You know, they, they still know yeah. that you're there. And as long as you're not putting out literally the same coupon, like a Bed Bath & Beyond every single day for, for, for years, if you're putting out some actual content and, and taking that time to tell your story and talk about your values and what you do. It doesn't always have to be about food. Um, yeah. you know, t- talk about behind the scenes. Talk about an employee. You know, hey, we, we just like to take today to congratulate Susie, who graduated from nursing school, you know, one of the things restaurants do is, is they offer employees a bridge to be able to get from one place in life to the next and, and for that employment bridge across it. Tell that story. 
You know, get out mm-hmm. there and, and shoot that video. You know, our We Believe series was done professionally produced videos for us. They look fantastic. But you know what? The video where I said the five things know about curbside, I shot that here on my laptop in my office, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, they, and they both had great results. You don't have to spend a ton of money to put out good content. Yeah. Just, and, and, and genuine content. And, that, and that's a, one of the things that we talk about the digital marketing, you're producing content to promote your business and what you do and the services and products you offer. When you're talking about digital media, you've already understand that producing content is very important, but then you understand, I know how to do this. I can help everybody in our village tell their story. I can go to this charity event that we're already participating in and I can go talk to other people, other business owners that might not understand Facebook marketing. They might not understand how to do an Instagram video. They might not have an email newsletter. And I can tell the story of this incredible charity that is impacting the community in a way that needs more money that, you know, this fire station, look at what they've done, or this church has done this incredible work. You start to understand that we're already, if we're all, if, if we, if we make it part of our DNA and part of what we do, then it's not extra work. We're already doing it. Right. So not only are we doing it, but then we're sharing it. We're sharing it with our partners. We're sharing it with our vendors. We're sharing it with the people that we come in contact with and people appreciate it. You know, they appreciate it because they're looking for real genuine content, not stuff that's, you know, this is, a, this is the headline and I'm getting you to click. And then all of a sudden there's all these ads and there's nothing that I want to see like right. no, stuff that actually people want to read. Right. Yeah. And, and you just, you, you don't always have to be selling. Um, if you're out there just telling a story, like you said, or telling somebody else's story in a compelling way, the customer will react to that. The customer is going to appreciate that you, like you just said, you're not putting something out there that's just clickbait. And in the end, you, you, you're building brand, you're you're building who you are and who we are is more than just barbecue and tacos. Um, it's, it's being good partners in our community and it's responsible corporate citizens. So the, the, the guest, it's not like, like we're trying to put out a smoke screen for them because this is what we do. This is who we are. Um, and, and they'll see that and they'll, and they'll, they'll respond to it. I really believe they do. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the most powerful thing that we all have and we all possess and it's only become more powerful is this thing that we all have in our hands and our pockets for 24 hours. I mean, literally people, they've done studies where it was people asked, would you rather um, lose your arm or would you rather lose the internet for the rest of your life? And there was 40% of the people said that they would rather lose their arm. Oh, I'm, I'm probably there. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's, I ever left, like, like I, I never wore a watch in my life until I got this Apple watch. If I forget it at home and I get to work, close the restaurant. I got to go back home and yeah. get my watch. Like, I can't <laughs> punch it. You, you, you have, I mean, I, I remember years ago, I mean, years ago, at my job, we had these Franklin Covey planners that we had to use, and I lost my Covey planner, and that seemed like just the end of the world for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was back like when I back when I had a pager on my hip, you know. And now, like like if I lost my iPhone, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, no, even, you can. even it, it's backed up, but I could probably get new. I can probably get it fixed up today. But those hours in between, yeah, that's that's like losing a good friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy to think and it's only going to get more powerful for each right. and every business owner. Um, you know, every single app that's on there, the most downloaded apps in the app store. I mean, just, just email, you know, if, if, if all the people, if every single person that has a smartphone that's connected and they're on all these different platforms, then where's your business? Is it showing up in the feed? 
Like, is right. it, are you producing some sort of content on TikTok or on Pinterest or like, does that mean you have to be on all of them? No, focus on no. the best ones for your business and your industry, right. but make sure you're on there and you understand that just because you're doing it there, you know, one of the things that we, we've seen a lot and we talked about on, on the podcast is people work so hard to produce Instagram content. You work so hard to what the caption is, what the hashtags are, who's getting tagged in the photo, what does the photo look like? And then it's, it's put on the internet on Instagram and then they press the button to also put it onto Facebook. But none of that content is going on their website, which is the thing that's actually generating the revenue for their business. You know, if it was reverse engineered to let's produce content for our website first and then use that content for Instagram, for Facebook, for Twitter, for LinkedIn, then all of a sudden you have all this magic starting to happen because the the internet is very happy. Right. And making sure that you're posting natively correct to that site. So yeah. as you said, the, the, the tag that you put on Instagram doesn't work on Facebook and nobody, I, I'm sure I know it's doable. Nobody's searching hashtags on Facebook. They're doing that on Instagram though. So making sure that you're, I mean, you might be able to use the same picture, but it needs to, needs to be a different size on each platform. Um, and there's so many just easy apps to use to help you do that. Um, to, to make you get your, get your picture to the right resolution and get it sized correctly. And then just put it in different places, but making sure you're doing each one of those things separately. And then using the scheduling side of it. You know, you don't have to spend all day every day doing your social media. Um, you can hire somebody to do it if, if your business has that ability to, um, to at least to help keep your content put out for you, not, not to necessarily create your content. And then just making sure that if you can take a day or a few hours and put together posts for the next week. Um, you know your specials are going to be a few days in advance. You can take that picture and get that stuff ready to go so it's, so it's ready to be put out there and not something you have to worry about on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, and I think that's very important. And one thing I did want to point out is even though you schedule it, in case something like COVID-19 happens, make sure you go back and you don't you don't post all the stuff that you had planned to post. Or if you have a social media agency, you go and you tell them, hey, we need to change our entire content schedule because this isn't relevant. You have to address the elephant in the room. And if you right. don't address the elephant in the room, it looks like you are tone deaf, you right. know, and you can't be tone deaf in this day and age. I mean, people want to relate and they want to know that it's safe and they want to know that you're taking it seriously. And then you can have fun doing that because, you know, that's what we do. I mean, we, we provide a place and a sanctuary for people to um, forget about all the crazy shit that goes on in their lives. Right. right. Well, um, yeah, one thing we've done is on our website, we've taken down all of the pictures that we had of food on plates because the customer doesn't care what our food looks like on a plate anymore. So wherever that food was on a plate before, now there's a new picture, pretty much the same picture in that spot, but it's of that same food in a to-go box now um, because oh, yeah. that's how we're seeing it. So Smart. we've taken our website Smart. to make us look like a carryout restaurant because for the time being, that's exactly what we are. So having my food in the nice taco stand on the plate, looking all pretty on a table with every, all the drinks in there. That's, that's not applicable right now. Um, how's it going to look when I open it up after being in a bag and driving home 20 minutes? Okay. Let's make our food first of all. So it lasts 20 minutes in the bag and still looks good and tastes good, but get that picture out there. So the customer can see truly what they're ordering now and making our websites, which is in my opinion, you're right. It is, it is the hub of our, um, of our digital footprint and, and making sure that looks right to the times that we're doing business in. And then it's optimized for mobile. People Absolutely. are or people are ordering on their phones. So seventy five percent of my website users are mobile. Yeah, exactly. And that um, you know, that statistic is 
ever since we opened in 2008 from desktop to mobile, it's completely flipped. You know, yep. before it was in 2008, 75%. And now we're all the way, same as you, 75% on mobile. So uh, what other, any other tips that you have for uh, a business owner that is working through this crisis that needs to update some of those digital platforms or footprints? It's okay to ask for help. And it's yeah. okay to, and this is another case where it's okay to be transparent, you know, to say to your guests, man, these are crazy times right now. This is, this is challenging. It's like doing a new startup, except I have to do it. I can't business plan out for three months or four months to make it happen. I need to do it this week. So, um, our Facebook page might not be, may not be perfect right now, but we're working on it. You know, I think the customer mm-hmm. appreciates that honesty. It seems to me that being a local business, that my guests aren't just people who are giving me money right now. They're giving us literally emotional support. They're cheering for us. They, are, my people want us to succeed. We're part of this neighborhood and they want us to be here when this is all over with. So being transparent and saying, Hey, we, we just, you know, grant us a little grace till we get this going. They appreciate that because they want to be granted a little grace in getting out of pajama pants today. You know, everybody's yeah. in a whole new world right now. So, so just, just, just be clear. And frankly, that provides some content. It gives the guests a little behind the scenes of how busy it is for us right now. Even though I used to be open 85 hours a week, now I'm open 20, but somehow I'm busier in those 20, yeah. by being open 20 hours than I was by being open 85. Um, so just be, being clear on that. I think the guests would appreciate that. Yeah. And I think there's, there's never been a better time if you've been in business and you've wanted to do things, but you feared that you were going to upset some customers. Customers are more understanding now than they've ever been. Absolutely. Yeah. There's lots of great being given to us. Yeah. Reducing operating hours was obviously one of the first things that we did. We even adjusted them the week after. Um, and it's been some of the greatest things that we've done. And, you know, we, we know that people love so many items on our menu, but we're streamlining those items for us because that makes the most sense um, to give the best experience possible and, you know, share the victories, but also share the challenges. And I think that that helps people understand that you are, I mean, you're the CEO, you're, you're the CEO in the parking lot. You know, they don't see the McDonald's CEO in the parking lot. Those are, those things are so disconnected from people. Um, but they can always appreciate somebody that's willing to, you know, be out there on the front lines and figure out we're going to get through this together and we're going to do it in a safe manner. Yeah. I think there's no time like, I mean, this is the best time ever to, to be front and center, you know, get your face out there. So when we mess up, you can take it on the chin right in front of the guest. You know, our mm-hmm. Friday, three days ago was literally one of the roughest shifts I've worked in <laughs> probably, honestly, probably since our opening day. Um, it was bad. I'm sorry for like, laughing, but we had, we had a terrible Friday too. So <laughs> it was, you know, I, I call this stimulus Friday because the stimulus checks came out and started twice the customers. It was abs- yeah. absolutely insane. Um, but we were out there and it wasn't great, but we took it on the chin. And at one point, literally customers were waiting way so long for their food. It was just embarrassing, but that gave me time to, once we, st- we, we, we stopped taking orders an hour and a half early before close time. So now we had the last 40 cars out there literally waiting. And I literally went window to window and just talked to them. You know, I don't remember the last time I had five minutes to talk to a customer, you know, and be like, yeah, you know, this is awful. And they're all like, this is great. And I'm like, you're being really kind right now. Cause nobody's said yeah. ever has been great to wait two hours for food, <laughs> but, but right. it was, it was, you, you get to have that conversation and everything right now is an opportunity. You know, it, it might not be the way we planned it or the way we'd want it to be. And there's lots of awful things that are happening around us in the world right now, but, but we're, we're in the business of, of providing 
comfort for people and, and, and providing um, that little bit of normalcy and, and a hot meal and some hospitality. And now's our chance to really just to amp that up. You know, I, I see you guys out there providing hospitality, taking food to the hospitals. Um, that was great. We've got a promotion in town. We're working with the local print shop called Rockford Art Gallery selling T-shirts where the sale of a T-shirt buys a meal for a third shift worker because there's no meals um, in the cafeterias are closed in the hospital and there's nobody filling vending machines. So the third shippers have nothing to eat. So it's a chance for us to say, here's what we do. And now we really get to amp up and, and, and pay this forward for our communities. And we're both doing it. And there's, and there's tons of restaurants doing it. We see it everywhere. We see charity organizations coming out. And luckily for us, we're in a position as restaurants to be the catalyst for this and to kind of be the, the way that people connect. And, um, I, I'm looking at the situation and how my community is treating us as literally it's a huge compliment and a huge privilege to be able to do it. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, that was very, very well said. And it's something that, you know, it can't be understated is we, we're so privileged to be an essential business, to be mm -hmm. an essential service. And we are literally reducing the loads of people that are going to Costco and that are going to the grocery stores. Sure. And let's, let's be honest, you know, as Americans, we do not cook three meals a day, seven days a week at home. No. That's just not how we live our lives. And, you know, we, we dine out. Otherwise we wouldn't be in business. All these restaurants wouldn't be in business. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of restaurants won't be in business um, after this, but there'll be, a, there are going to be new restaurants um, there are very incredible, if there's anybody that can adapt, it's a restaurant owner and it's an independent restaurant owner and the big restaurants, they have great people on their team. And those voices that have been probably saying for a while, Hey, we need to change. We need to be more transparent. We just can't be a logo. There needs to be people behind the logo. I mean, that that's what people want. Like whether it's on a regional level and, you know, an individual unit level, they want to know who that is because that personalizes it, that humanizes right. it, that makes you more compelled to say, I understand and I want to go and support that person. It's not just, oh, I have no idea. I have no idea who works at that, at that, you know, chain restaurant. Like, well, you do know. And if they do it right and if they're doing hospitality and if they're winning, then whatever that model looks like, you should know who those people are. Right. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. It's, um, yeah, I, before being independent, I was with, um, on the corporate side and luckily I worked for a, 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 a national brand that let us have a community voice. And you know what? I, I, I can tell you, cause we were parked right next to a Chili's that the difference between having a community voice and not having one is huge. And that people see if, 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 the, if the change understood that having, Finding a way, because I understand they can't let everybody have a Facebook account because there's some there's some large scale problems that can come along with that. But finding a way to let that that local business manager, that that senior managing partner in the restaurant, have a voice in their community, that's a um, it, it could be a really big win for those brands coming out of this. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, we we appreciate everything that you do as a leader. Um, we obviously are grateful that RSI. Um, that you chose RSI, that we chose RSI, that we were on that yes. call. Um, if it wasn't for coronavirus, I wouldn't be able to have these virtual podcasts um, with friends all over the globe. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. It's just it, it's just another reason why I'm so fortunate. Back to what you said, it's like you know the, these healthcare workers that are literally fighting this virus on the front lines, that are working so hard to make sure that I'm safe, that my wife is safe, and my family's safe, and your community's safe. Like 
they're the heroes, the, the scientists that are trying to find the vaccines. You know, there's so many incredible people that are working. And if we get to do something that provides a little bit of hope, a little bit of ease, a little bit of that hospitality that people can get out of their house for once a day to come mm-hmm. and pick up some tacos or some pick up some barbecue and, you know, go back home and not have to cook and clean. Um, that's a huge, huge privilege. You know, it's a huge privilege. And right now it's, it, it's something that we're going to just continue to be all in to focus on. How, uh, how, how can people find you? What's the, what's the best way if, uh, if somebody wants to reach out and a- ask you some, some more detailed follow-up? Yeah, if you, you want to find our website at www.luchaRockford.com, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Cantina Rockford, L-U-C-H-A, Cantina Rockford, R-O-C-K-F-O-R-D. That is awesome. Uh, Josh, you, uh, you're fantastic, man. I, I truly appreciate it. And, um, whenever, whenever I get to Rockford, which will be sometime, um, I, I don't know there when. There has to be a national restaurant show again sometime, right? We're, we're going to the national restaurant show. That's for sure. Um, the national restaurant show is definitely going to be something we're going to document. We're going to cover, um, and we're going to attend and we'll look back and be like, man, I'm really glad we documented all that craziness that happened in 2020, mm-hmm. um, and beyond. So thanks for coming on the podcast. What's up? I was going to say, have you ever, ever been to the restaurant show? No, I haven't. So the the McCormick place where it is, is it is so huge. It's going to make the miles that we're walking right now seem like nothing. The place is absolutely giant and it's closed down and made into a giant 2000 bed makeshift hospital right now. So they've really changed over the whole convention center. It's been pretty impressive how they put that together. That's incredible. I mean, yeah, there's so many incredible people, um, you know, leaders that are doing things that are not easy right now, that are yes. telling people to do things that they don't want to tell them to do that, you know, that pe- some people don't agree with that think that are violating their rights. And ultimately, we just want to be safe. You know, we want to be safe right. and, you know, let 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 the, uh, the smart people make those decisions and tell us what what's going to be the, the best thing for us to do. And, you know, for for you and me, these are, these are social distancing. Like I said, in the beginning, it is, it cuts to the heart of hospitality. Mm -hmm. Um, but yet there's still a way for us to provide hospitality and we can't forget that. So, um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, please check out the YouTube page. Um, check out Lucha Cantina's social accounts, follow, um, reach out if you have any questions and, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you. 